and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lanu. And this week, we're escaping. Yes, we are. We're escaping. And then, bad things are going to happen. Guys, we watched The Great Escape, the John Sturgis film from 1963. I thought it was 62, 1963. Starring literally everybody. Yes. It's like the same cast he had when John Sturgis directed The Magnificent Seven. Plus some more. Plus some more. So uh, we're going to talk about that before we get started. It's the dreaded question. How was your week? Exhausting. Yeah, that feels right. I've gotten through it. How was your week? Summer's hit. I haven't worn pants in like a week. I'm wearing clothes. I'm just not wearing pants. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and um, this weekend... Southern California must really have pissed off Mother Earth because all hell, kinds of hell broke loose down there. Well, that's one way of putting it. The other <laughs> way is, if they're locusts, I think it's time to move because that's like one of the few things left. Yeah, it's, it's oh, pretty bad. I really hope everybody is okay. Yes. Um, I just did a bunch of work over the weekend and half of it is moot this morning. So, you know, it's good. That's We're fine. Sh- that's your business. I get paid by hour. So it's totally fine. Uh, so, but yeah, we're good. We're doing well. We're doing well. I promise. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. What's your history with this movie? This movie was on a lot when I was a kid. It's like The Guns of Navarone, and that it was a movie I watched with my dad. That feels right. And he really enjoyed it. And it's a, it's, it's interesting watching it again as an adult, like some of the other films that we've gone through, where... I have a different context for all these things that I'm right, saying. Right, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it, a film that I remember a lot growing up, and even now watching it, there were individual scenes where I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this is when this happens. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a familiar film to me. How was it for you? Uh, totally new. A lot mm. of people. A lot of people. Trouble keeping up. Uh, real bummed out that the escape happened in two hours, and then... Then a bunch of shit happens in the last 46 minutes, and uh, almost none of it's good. So that's, that's tough. It's tough. Right. It feels like, have you ever seen the movie Wind Talkers? Yes, I have. You know how in the last five minutes, everybody that you've come to care about just gets straight murdered? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> I was like, why did you make me like these people if you were just going to kill them? This is too much like real life stuff. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and and the logic to what happens at the back end and who gets murdered and who doesn't mm-hmm. is interesting to me, and I can't quite figure it out other than above the title, below the title uh, names, but I don't really? think that does it. So we're going to not go step by step because, well, here's the thing. There's a ton of people. There's a big plan. Mm-hmm. And then they execute said plan. And so it's not it's not actually that complicated. And then the back end is that. Right. The second part is actually more kind of more complicated to follow than the first part. Mm-hmm. So we're in a... I thought that this, for whatever reason, I thought this movie was a prison break movie. Y'all, it well, is it not. Is I mean, it is. Kind of, yeah. It is. But it's also it is. It's a prison camp It's break. a prison camp break. So mm-hmm. these... We have... In 1942... A bunch of British and American and Australian, uh-huh. turns out those I think are the three nationalities that we see 
Um, actually, I don't know what Bronson is. If he's I part of the British kind of Polish, um, but he, he's playing a Polish officer, but he's with the uh, the British, British. right? Um, a bunch of officers and other um, mm. soldiers in a POW camp in Germany, and you know, I guess. This is going to be controversial. Hitler was not an idiot. Right. I mean, he was a horrible human being and evil, but he wasn't dumb. But some of the people he put in charge of shit were pretty dumb. And this almost had the vibes of, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of the show. The comedy that was set basically in a POW camp Mm. that was on in the 60s. Oh, yes. Um, Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. Where you're just like, we're making an ass out of the German, right? Uh-huh. This had that sort of that similar thing where right at the beginning, we have the commandant of this camp saying, so we've rounded up all of the people who are escape artists and put them all here. Don't escape. And it was just like, well, what? <laughs> That's like... Yes. What? <laughs> it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and the the leader uh, um, of the British, like the highest ranking British officer, is like, it's an officer's sworn duty to try to escape. Uh, no, we should explain that it's based on a true story. Yeah. And it was serialized, I think, in Reader's Digest, I believe is what, what I, was, I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it caught the director, John Sturgis, his imagination, but at the time he, this is before... Magnificent Seven yeah. and Bad Day at Black Rock and Gunfight at the OK Corral, all these films that really made his career. Right. And Westerns then, all. Right. This is not a Western. This is a war movie-ish. Yes, it's a war it's a, movie. It's a heist, heist film. film. Yeah. It's, so he had been wanting to make this after he read this person's account and actually spoke to the man who, one of the survivors, who, uh, one of the few people who survived the yeah. state. Spoiler alert, everybody um, fucking dies. So... Um, yeah, this is based on a book, and there's a... There's the a t- my point is they actually did something that stupid. Right, well, yes. The title screen says, you know, this is, like, the characters in here are, like, amalgamations of, mm-hmm. of, of real people. Right. But every part of this plan is what happened. Yes. And then what happens after is what happened. And so, as, we, as the movie was starting, I was like, I want to see how many people got out. So I... I googled. Um, I didn't spoil myself, but I did see seventy-six people got out. That's amazing. In this movie, seventy-six people also get out. Wait for it. It's not good at the back. I was like, "Oh, that's really? awesome!" And then <laughs> this movie slapped me in the face, and I hate being slapped in the face. Um. So yeah, the the commander basically looks at this the 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 head of this camp and is just like. You know, player's going to play. I don't know what to tell you. You have people in... Like, Steve McQueen is one of the main characters. Although he's... He's a, he's figured in the film as a main character, but he does... He's he's peripheral to part of their plan. But yeah. he's usually... He's in fucking solitary almost this whole time. What? He's called the Cooler King, and this is where you see him bouncing that baseball, right. that famous image. Which has been... 
Re- I mean, redone, redone so, so many times. times. Yeah. So because he's in solitary for months at a time, he comes out. He try and he looks at people in the face, and he's like, "I'm gonna try and escape again, or I'm gonna go again tonight." And then he does, and then they bring him back. And he has already tried to escape, or like he has 17 escapes and 17 retrievals before this movie starts. Right? Mm. Like that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who've escaped and been recaptured five, six. Mm-hmm seven times each of them is specialized there's diggers there's what's the what, james gardner oh, he's a, who is scounger. unbelievably handsome in this movie <laughs> he looks so good i was like what's up rockford files <laughs> what is happening right now he's hot as hell um jaw also like the relationship that he has with donald pleasance is the best right and i choose to believe but they're in love. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They both die. <laughs> so, woof. All right. So, yes, we have this prison they camp. They both die. No, that's true. Only one of them dies. Which is, we'll explain that in a minute. Because it it, you're watching... That's right. Gardner gets back. When you first open the story, right? The, the opening of the story is uh, the commandant. Yeah. Uh, who's, it's a lukewarm. He's a Luftwaffe, so he's an old school German. Right. He's the Third Reich is like upstarts and punk mm-hmm. asses, as far as he's concerned. Right. He is old school German military, being sort of sort of co opted by the Nazis because right. that's and who's in charge. Where the Nazis attempt to get him with the program mm-hmm. of putting all these dangerous people, dangerous to German morale, yeah. into the one camp, yeah, and using any methods necessary to stop them, but he's actually, and this is unusual for a war film, because we didn't, certainly didn't see this in a movie like The Dirty Dozen. Yeah. He's actually kind of gallant in a way, because yeah. he doesn't want to crush these people, he just wants to sit the war out. He wants. Yeah, he literally is mm-hmm. like, you and I can sit out this war in comfort, and they have, for a prison camp, right. really good facilities. Yeah, and he the, wants to, the higher method. ranked people uh-huh. have one or two people to a room, two people, I think, to a room. Even the the several bunks are not, like, terrible. Right. There's a lot of outdoor space. Now there are, you know, boundaries they can't cross before the big tall fence with the... Good towers. Uh, yeah, with the towers and the razor wire. Uh-huh. One of my least favorite inventions of all time. I'm like, that's... What? It's... It's not a deterrent. It's right. just torture. Well, punishment is what it's for. And they put it on animal pens. Yeah. And I'm just like, that animal doesn't know what's happened to it until it's happened to it. Why would you... I just... Ugh, it bothers me. Anyways. Um, yeah, and there's guard towers, like, mm-hmm. at every... At very short distances. A um, lot of armed guards around. But they're allowed to, like... They're given... Um, tools to garden. Uh-huh. Uh, Which are confiscated at the end of every day. They're still maintained. They're, yeah. Or they're monitored, rather. Yeah. They're monitored very strictly. Yeah. But at the like, same time... Like, we're giving you shovels. Right. We're trusting you with these, but they're not... Because the Commandant's done. idea seems to be if we keep them... Occupied and happy. Right. They'll just chill with us right. at the end and of the war. There's a... And it's 1942 when this right. movie starts. So the end of the war is... Eminent. Oh, wait, so, well... Well, and it's eminent in the... Okay, let me rephrase that, or why don't we change that? It's not eminent. Uh, it's 1942, so the end of the war is a ways away. You're right. 
Yeah, um, it ends 1945. We're right smack in the middle. There's a very funny bit where the SS, when they visit uh, Von Luger, the, the commandant, um, it's like they do a high Hitler, and he's like, he doesn't respond. He's like, no, thank you. And then he looks up and like, sure, hi, Hitler, whatever. Sure, whatever, yeah. <laughs> and after that, we see him speaking with, um, and it's a really funny speech, uh, Captain Ramsey, yeah. played by James Donald, who then goes and on. And you don't really see right. much of him, because he's not, he is like, I mean, they're going to try and escape, but right. I'm going to not have yes. anything to do as with that. As long as I monitor them all the time, nothing can possibly happen, because they are in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And so, but they're in a big empty space in the middle right. of the woods. So try and run to the woods, and you're gonna get killed. You're gonna right. get shot. So, um, so he can't be in charge. Mm-hmm. So, RAF squadron leader Roger Bartlett uh, forms a crew to get them out. And they're all right. gonna work together. They want to get out 250 men. That is their goal. Okay. Bartlett is played by Richard Attenborough. Yes. So if you only remember him from another film, he saw Jurassic Park when he's... And he doesn't look at all like that. And he's got like a weird, like, spider bruise on the side of his face. All throughout the film. Um, Because he was probably hit in the face with the butt of a gun, if I had to guess. And it just left this weird scar. Um, Because the, the last time the SS caught him... Uh, they roughed him up very badly. Mm-hmm. And so he was supposed to come into the camp with everyone else, but he was recovering from the beating right. he got. Right. But the minute he gets there, he's just like, nope, we got to break out. We're trying to get as many people out as we can. Yeah, and we see them, like, instantly. Uh-huh. We have people hiding in the backs of trucks. Right. We have Steve McQueen's character talking to one of these dudes, and he's like, there's a blind spot in at the fence between these two. Um, guard towers. Yeah. I'm gonna. He's like, and the, the guy he's talking to is like, well, how are you, when are you going to test him? He goes right now, and he throws it. He's got a baseball and a glove. He throws that baseball, and he walks out to it. He crosses the the inner border of mm-hmm. wire that's like knee knee high length right. or height, and walks to the gate and stands up against it and looks both ways, thinking like trying to see if right. he's be he can be seen. And guess what? He can. So they fire at him. He moves back. They yell at him. They're like, you can't be out there. You can't be out there. He's like, I'm just getting my ball. <laughs> and they put him in solitary because he's always in solitary. So he's, I think they put him in for two weeks. He says something and then he's in for four weeks right. or something like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, this film, the way to really follow it, if you're watching as an audience member, is to see how people pair up. Yeah, that's because true. Because he winds up pairing up with flight officer uh, Archie Ives, because they're almost all Arab. A lot of them are RAF. McQueen is an American pilot. Right. Um, I don't know what Stuart, or not Stuart, um, Gardner, James Gardner is. He's American, though. Right. And then we have one yeah, of... he's also he's an uh, American RAF officer, when we were... Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. American RAF. Okay. There are three Americans. Coburn is an Australian. James Coburn is an Australian. It's a weird accent. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, mm, you could just not do that. And he it's kind fine. of represents, like you thought, the author who described the escape. Right. Who he was an Australian, Australian man. It's sort of a stand-in for him, and it's best not to know that because then. At the end of the film, you were wondering who's going to actually survive. Yeah. Because there's the whole build-up to the escape, and then 
there's, as you said, this really long time. We are just watching them thinking, well, what is the film about now? And it turns out, oh, it's about... It's about the fact, like, they... They're not safe. (laughs) you guys, Uh these are men who've already broken out multiple times and are still in a POW camp. Right. It's hard to get out of Germany Mm -hmm. when you are an escaped POW. Right, and there's not that many places to go. Some are aiming for Switzerland, some are aiming for Spain. Spain. Um, And uh, Bartlett himself wants to start a second front... Yeah, he wants Germany. to stay inside Germany mm-hmm. and build up like a resistance yeah. um to the, the Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Like he wants to be behind enemy lines, basically, is his goal. So the plan is three mm-hmm. tunnels. Tom Dick and Harry. Tom Dick and Harry. Um they will dig thirty feet down. Mm-hmm. I still don't even understand how they climb that far down. Anyway, 30 feet down and then out past the tree line. Right. The surveyor has said it is 35, 335 feet. That's mm-hmm. how far they have to go. Um, they've got a bunch of diggers, uh, primarily led by um, Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. who, as you say, plays, plays a Polish man. Uh, and... They're doing three of them. They're they're setting them up. They're moving the the wood stoves that are mm-hmm. in the in the each of the barracks. They're going to keep. They have a. Well, they have two different. The wood stove is one, and the shower is another. Oh, those so were different ones. The drain, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so they have these things where like where the wood stove is, they have an extra arm, so they're moving it over, but they're keeping it burning mm-hmm. so that they won't come right. in, like it won't draw attention. Um, and then yeah, the other one is they lift the drain of a shower mm-hmm. and dig it down under that, and then drop it down and throw water in it when yes people come around and. Put Charles Bronson in the shower, which must feel good after he's been digging, been digging in the time. dirt. So they're going to dig 30 feet down, 335 feet out from three different bunks. And the the idea at the beginning is they're not going to um, they're not going to shore it up with wood, right? Uh, which. <laughs> Is not a good idea. The soil, <laughs> this kind yeah, of soil, it's, it's too, sandy it's too sandy, loose. yeah, and right. it falls apart. So they realize pretty quickly because there are two cavens, and one of them is like on top of Charles Bronson, that they have to shore these up. Um, they also, when that happens, they also put all their focus on one. I think mm-hmm. it's Tom. Yeah. Uh, because one gets. Uh, there's a very funny scene where. The Americans, McQueen and Garner, and I forget the other actor the character's name. They um, they make moonshine and they celebrate the Fourth of July. Yeah. And when they're carrying on the celebration, the commandant takes his men around. Yeah, he's doing a and spot he check. Finds one of the tunnels. Right. So that's what is the impetus for them to push even harder to get that's the one right. tunnel. That's right. And then they go around and take a bunch of wood from a bunch of places. Right. So James Garner is the scrounger, as right. you said. He is. Um, if you've seen Shawshank, he's red. He's the guy that'll get you some stuff. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that character right now. Okay. Uh, because you have said, hey, there's an alternate reading, or there's a reading on this between two characters. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I was like, can I get a hint? No, I said, don't tell me. Let me try and figure it out. And I said, well, give me one of the characters, because there are so many people in this movie, and you told me it was him. Now, 
And then you told me, because I was like, he and Donald Pleasant are in love. And also, he's definitely using homosexuality to try and get one of the guards in trouble, which is how he gets stuff out of mm-hmm. him. Um, without, like, actually hitting on him, right. like, which is, he does it in a really kind of skillful way. Like, he's like, I don't know how you're going to explain that you were in my bunk alone with me. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny because he was a friend of ours. Because he ke- takes his wallet. Right. <laughs> who's an actor who, um, that we work with. He was a really nice guy. And uh, he, I lent him the movie uh. years ago. And uh, when well, I used to have a copy of it, and he really appreciated it. It's like he, his favorite actor was Stephen Queen. Yeah. Because as an actor himself, he's like, this guy, everything's physical with him. Yeah. He actually will take lines out of the movie so he can do yeah. these sort of bits of business. Which I think means that he wasn't... I don't think he was fully confident mm-hmm. in his ability for line readings. But well, he knew yeah. that he could do physical and face acting. He has great face acting. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's interesting looking at him as he moved out of his career after uh, The Towering Inferno. He took some time off and then came back and started doing a checkoff in the theater. That's awesome. Where he was like, okay, okay, I I I can't be physical anymore. I'll die. And then it turns out he died, which is terrible and sad. Um, But he, uh, yeah, so when this uh, this a friend of ours was talking to us, or talking to me rather, he said, uh, "You know, a scrounger in a prison camp often is the gay man who just will get favored that way and blackmail people." And blackmail people, right? And so when you put apply that reading to his attachment to Donald Pleasance, yeah, and how buddy buddy they are, yeah, and how and not end- just buddy buddy, right? Like they sit and have tea together and they play chess and they're like, and then. Do- okay, Donald Pleasance is our forger. He's a mm-hmm. bird watcher. He should absolutely not be in a POW camp. Right. Like, the first time we see him, he's making tea. <laughs> like... well, yeah, and his, his uh, excuse is that he was doing reconnaissance maps. Yeah. And he wanted to be taken up in the airplane yeah. on a lark just to see what a bombing run looks like. And then he got shot down. So he's not supposed to. No. Anyway, the funny part is that the actual Donald Pleasance was in a camp. For, really? Yeah, he spent time, uh, let's see... A POW camp or like POW a... POW camp during the Second World War. Okay. He was an air crewman of the Royal Air Force. His plane was shot down. He was captured by German soldiers and tortured as a prisoner of war. Man, they better have been so nice to him on this set, because god well, damn... Yeah, and when he told this to director John Sturgis, he says, oh, there were some things that right away I'm going... Uh, he said, I'm telling him, I don't think that's the way it works, and... John Sturgis, and they're shooting in in Germany. Yeah. Or Bavaria, I think. Um, Probably not in Germany. I don't know that Germany would have allowed this this to be filmed in 19... So close to the end of the war. Uh, The film was made on location in Germany at the Bavarian film studio in the Munich suburb. Oh, never mind. In rural Bavaria. Bavaria is... In Germany, I forget. (laughs) I'm sorry, yes. No, that's... Yeah, I I lose track of what actually takes place and what. That's, That's... Really interesting. They must have paid a lot of money. Well, there's also the idea that, again, they're they're portraying that there were German officers who had no... Right. And also, I think Germany has done much better than America has done in teaching and reckoning with that part of their history, rather than... 
whitewashing it and hiding it and doing what, what not. What slavery? Which right, that exactly. Was, and especially because immigration, immigration. people are literally still alive that right. were, you know, we're maybe a generation, in, in some cases, a generation out from slavery, maybe right. two. They're still in yeah. it um, as far as the Holocaust and World War II is con- concerned. So, yeah, Donald Pleasant's shows when John Sturgis found out about him apparently had him as a consultant. Good. Um, there was a couple of people. James Garner's role was based on people that he knew when he was in the military. Interesting. And he uh, he said that he was the scrounger for his cat, um, but uh, but that he uh, he based it on some of the guys that he met who just like, well, how did you get a hold of that? You don't need to know. Don't worry about it. If you know, then you're implicated. So, yeah. yeah, this is not a thing that you need. Like, And so what Donald Pleasance's mm-hmm. part on the team is, because they're like, what are you even doing here? Like, right. And he's like, I'm the forger. Because try- they, they need documents mm-hmm. for 250 people. There's a tailor who makes right. suits for 250 men. Crazy. This is what is really intriguing about this film. Uh, one of the te- the the consultants on the film was Walter uh, Wally Floody. I'm sorry, not Wally Walter. Wally Floody, who was one of the escaped, successfully escaped convicts, right? And he talked about he was able to reconstruct for the director and producers most of the techniques they had. One of the things he said the only thing that parts company is that when you know the Americans were removed from the camp right before the escape. Oh, yeah. So he said they were, we felt really bad because they were helping, 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 helping. And then they, and then they just got pulled at the last minute. So they, this was kind of them uh, acknowledging the fact that the, the Hollywood money is actually making this film and people want to see Hollywood yeah. stars. But um, aside from that, all of the methods they use, which are ingenious, getting the old clothes that they got, yep. re-sewing the labels, making lapels on them, and turning them into... Like, outside right. suits. They weren't going to look like military, and they weren't going to look like prisoners. Right, exactly. Doing that, uh, the the guy who builds the air pump... Yep, so that they can put air into... Mm-hmm. Because this is a 30 feet down, 335-foot right. tunnel that they have to get everybody down. Now, they also have, like, a sled on, like, wheels rather than having people crawl or whatever. And that was as realistic as they could get it because one of these guys actually was there. And uh, also, the very ingenious method they have of getting rid of the earth once they dug it out of the the tunnels, which is to get these socks that have strings on them, you put them down your pants, and then you undo the strings in your pockets, you manipulate your fingers, it undoes the strings and just drops them out it's very similar to what Andy does in right. Shawshank. And it's almost like that character had seen The Great Escape <laughs> or something. Cause, or that Stephen King had right. seen The Great Escape before he wrote the, the story. Um, but all of that is actually on display. You can see those artifacts. And it's very... It's funny to think that as outrageous as it gets, because one of the complaints with John Sturgis from the uh, producers originally was, this is an outrageous story. No one's going to believe that this happened. This ha- read the books, right. shit. Or <laughs> the book. Right. And in, in Which is the, why I think at the beginning, they're right. like, I didn't make this up. This right. is what as these a, men did. This. As crazy as it is, And I it. like that Johnster just took the both the knowledge and the disabilities of right. his cr- cast 
and used them. So right, he uses Donald Pleasance as a um, as a consultant, and he mm. and you said Charles Bronson had yes, a severe claustrophobia. Had a real issue with closing spaces when he was. I mean, that guy had a rough life. Okay. And when he grew up, his family was so poor they put him in dresses to send him to school. Which is probably why he turned into such a tough guy. Like, yeah, oh, right. He's like, I have to learn safe. to fight because... Yeah. People are going to go picking on it. So he wound up, uh, he when he was doing The Great Escape, it gave him flashbacks of being 14, 15 years old digging in these tunnels. Um, only digging for coal. Right. And so he uh, had... Which I'm sure he had. There were right. cavens and shit that he saw. I'm sure he saw people die. Right. So he was having, you know, these very kind of uh, these moments where he did have these kind of panic attacks. And the they set. use it. His yeah. character admits that he's claustrophobic right. and at one point is covered entirely by dirt and then they get to, he, they pull him out, which means they did that to him. Yeah. Which, fuck man. Like, he, I'm sure he agreed to do it because they could have done something else. Right. Like he could have seen that happen to somebody. But man, he is in the dirt, and they it takes them 15 20 seconds to pull him free. Right. It's just, I, That's I a, that is that doesn't that, seem right. like a long time. That is an eternity that you just are like, Well, I'm gonna die now, and I'm aware of it. That fucking sucks. Uh, but they do pull him out, uh, and th- but then from there on out, he has a lot of difficulty. He can't stay at the end of the tunnel. Right. And and the night of the breakout, he's like, I'm not going. I can't. I can't. I yeah. can't. I can't he do it. I can't. And he has to be convinced by his buddy. And they move him up. They're yeah. like, you you can be like first. You're like, you don't have to wait. So you're thinking about it. And he should have gone very close to the right. beginning anyway. Because he did a lot of this what thinking. this film is, and John Sturgis was, he often had issues uh, with, Female characters—that was the complaint. Yeah, because studios. How many are in the are in this movie? None. A and zero. That's a big goose the, egg, folks. The the issue. <laughs> Not even the people who help on the outside. Right. There are no women in this movie. He didn't see he, but he very much was like he loved focusing on male camaraderie and the idea that the I think that, men that get that's along. really. Honestly, in this day and age, super important. Well, because when you see his films, when you're watching yeah. The Magnificent Seven and you're watching this one there is, as a piece. There is platonic right. um, homo, uh, like, what do they call Homo romantic right. love. Like, it's not, like, it is a true love between men. That's yeah. not, has well, nothing to that, do with sex. Right. You see that in James Garner's relationship with Donald Pleasance. Yep. They actually have almost a what amounts to a courtship. Yeah, with serving tea, and then uh, Garner actually gets him some real tea. Yeah, and he's very pleased about that. Yeah, because he'd been using mm-hmm. that. I think he'd used the tea leaves that the that we right. see at the beginning like twenty times. Right, um, and oh, and also tea without milk is right. uncivilized, and so he gets him some milk. Right. That's the first and thing he gets him. And kind of sweet, and their yeah. relationship Because he, he doesn't need mm-hmm. anything from him. Like, right. like, he's the scrounger, right? Gardner right. is the scrounger, so he can get stuff for anybody, but right. normally he's doing it for in exchange for something, right. and that's just helping out his roommate and making him happy. Right, <laughs> and I think the, the only thing that Pleasant's uh, asked for, and this is directly for the work, yeah, is a camera. A camera. A, like a nice camera. Like right. he gives specs, which is 
why Garner sort of um, blackmails that guard because mm. that's the only way he's going to be able to get a camera in. He needs somebody who's right. on the outside who comes in, and so he he lures him to the bro- to his room with the promise of real coffee, which is hilarious because the guy never goes. How do you have real coffee and I don't? I'm in charge, sure. but whatever. Uh, and then picks his pocket. As the guy freaks out and is like, I can't be here. They're not, mm. there's no, right. there's no overt. <laughs> well, it's, it's the, the, what you're looking at all takes place between the lines uh, in Garner and Puzzles yeah. and that dynamic and also the German guard that he's, yeah. who's Werner. Uh, Werner, who's very funny. This he is, is really funny. Right. And he has a nickname in this thing. Like at the end, you see all the, the main characters and mm-hmm. their nicknames, right? Um, and then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll look for your thing right away. And then, um, and, but when they took it, they got what an actual card like ID looks like right. so that Pleasance can copy them mm-hmm. appropriately. Um, and then to get it back, he's like, well, I'm going to need this okay. camera. <laughs> it's so funny. He lists out what it is and Pleasance is sitting right there and he adds the like the, the lens size right. or whatever it is at the end. And he did Carter just repeats it. Like, this dude clearly needs this camera. You don't need to fucking know why and you're not getting your shit back until we get that camera. Right. And you know what? We get that camera. Because yes, like, he needs to take pictures for the ID. Right. That's what I assume. I mean, we never really see it. This pass. Yeah. Uh, to be able to get in and out of the in camp. In and out of the camp, yeah. And his identification. And, and he's got, like, some sort of letter that allows you to travel, right. like, that that the Third Reich won't even question. It's yeah. this. And so they're going to make a few of those. Not a lot. Like, mm-hmm. they're not doing 250 of those, but they're going to do a few of those as well. Um, so that's all underway. We've got the tailor. We've got the mm-hmm. forger. We've got the diggers. This is all happening. Right. What else is happening? Uh, Steve McQueen keeps trying to break the fuck out. Right. And he's, he's got <laughs> and he's, he's working with um, the mole, Archie. Right. Archie. Archie Ives. He's a little guy. He, yes, he is. He gets thrown in with Steve McQueen right at the beginning, and they sort of come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. And they when they get out, which they get out together... The I think it's one of the commanding officers is like, so when are you going to try again? He's like, tonight. <laughs> and because because what they what he thinks about doing is rather than digging and then having to put like digging and then coming out and digging, mm-hmm. he wants to basically do a mole. What a mole? He's like, do you know what a mole is or does? How a mole right. moves, and um, which is why uh, Archie ends up being called the mole. And the idea is scoop in front of you and then just push it behind you. So you're just, you're not in a tunnel. You're just in a pocket. And I guess they've got something to breathe. Right. He had a pipe or something that he shoves up through the sandy soil because they were not going 30 feet deep. Right. As it turns out in the actual camp, something that they didn't really cover in the movie is that the SS, one of the reasons they thought they were invincible in this camp is they had microphones along the fence. So they could hear you. So Interesting. at 30 feet down, they, could. they couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And so that's why that first tunnel was just digging straight down. Yeah. And it was underneath the barracks so that it would be covered by the noise. It would be covered by that noise. And they, yeah. they had that, that distraction was mm-hmm. one of the um, one of the, the right. tools. And they were like outside the barracks practicing Christmas carols yes. in what has to be like May because right. we have the 4th of July after it. Right. Um, 
the you don't the only way you can really track time is how long the queen is in the cooler in the cooler for <laughs> and then he comes out literally like the next day he's back uh-huh. in there because he is const- he's the one who's tried to break out 17 times by mm-hmm. the end of this movie he's done another 1 2 3 4 so mm-hmm. he's up to 21 at the end of this movie and he is not killed at the end which is like why I'm like okay we got to figure out why they didn't to right. what um but we'll get there mm-hmm. um they get caught brought back and at this point Archie is on the edge mm-hmm. he is wire happy is he puts it yeah he's not doing he needs to get out he, he can't be here anymore wire and, and then he does do yeah, that he, he tries that. to do that this is on he's, 4th of July yeah. when everyone's Drunk. They're drinking moons because they make straight up moonshine potatoes. You hear, you hear one of the officers be like, "Oh, that's where all the potatoes went." Because yeah, right. they're just taking like James Garner's taking all these potatoes. But really they come up to they they, they uh, it's goofy in a way because they get the drum and fife and they're, they're playing. Yeah, they're doing the whole they're singing the Yankee and, Doodle. Yeah, they're, they're introducing this to the and the, most of the the there are three Americans. Right, the rest are British. You know what the British don't want to fucking celebrate the 4th of fucking but July. What I like is, again, the sort of like um, the good nature of these yeah. men working together. It's like they start agreeing with them. You know, we're, we're for independence. So <laughs> it's like, that with the British. Yeah, serves them right. Serves them right. right. Yes, which is very funny. What I find funny, too, is that there's a lot of inter-Anglo nonsense, too. Yeah. Like, for instance, Gordon Jackson, who's really funny, because I remember him as a kid on on um, uh Upstairs, downstairs, the original show. Oh yeah, I've never, I've never ago. seen the original. And so seeing him do the sort of action parts, like wow, that, that's odd. But he's, he is these, he's X's right hand, really. Yeah. Um, there's a very funny bit where he's obviously Scottish, and so when X and uh, the other the, uh, group Captain Ramsay for the, in charge, they drink. Like the two, like they they take two shots and they are fucked up. Now right. keep in mind they've been in a POW camp for however long. They haven't had any alcohol, and this shit is. Strong. There is a scene where they when they're tasting right. it, and it's McQueen and Garner, and I can't remember who the third one is. Um, and I think it might be Werner actually. Um, no, it's a, it's a, one of the. No, I'll find his name. Okay, so. Uh, McQueen takes the first sip and he's like, oh, okay. He's all, wow. <laughs> and then they all do it like twice. And that was improvised. <laughs> yeah, apparently. that was really just, funny. He's just like, you guys have gotten not long enough. Right. So, what are you going to come up with for the scene? Apparently, the director will do that. Yeah. Uh, the funny bit is uh, there's uh, Richard Attenborough and James Donald, and they're both drinking this and awful stuff. But, but they keep drinking it. But Gordon Jackson, who's Scots, right? Yeah. Is like, oh. oh, this is good. You yeah. know, like, oh, no, this is nothing this is compared the, this to this. The, yeah, this is the, well, it is. Moonshine is way stronger right. and tastes way but more like rubbing alcohol. Is like but a, a yeah. drinker. He's a seasoned veteran. Right. Uh, and McQueen has been talking to X and is like, no, I'm going to, tonight mm. I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. Like, right. this is it. Um, and they're like, so they're talking, they're like, Archie is not doing great. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I know. And then during this celebration, Archie goes over the wire and tries to climb the fence. Just climb it. Just climb it. Which, he's, he's I mean, out in daylight, like, yeah. he's, he can't, he's, he's like lost it entirely. Yeah. And they do kill him. And he's just hanging on the fence. 
Yeah. Like a crucifix, which... And um, McQueen's like, uh, he was going to go the following week. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going tonight. And and X had been trying to get him to come back, to right. get caught and come back, so that he could tell them what they don't know is what's beyond the tree line. They don't know if there's another set of guard towers or Mm. anything out there. And so he needs recon to see what they're going to be running into. Um, And the only way they're going to get it is him. And he's said no before. He doesn't say yes here, but he does get out and he's brought back the next day. Um, And they're like, I can't believe they, I I can't believe uh, they caught him. And he's like, they didn't catch him. Like, yeah, he let himself be caught so he could come back with that information, which was, there's nothing out there. <laughs> you're fine. Get to the tree line and you're good. Right. And dude, beyond that is Switzerland. Um, and as they're getting to go time, mm-hmm. they think that they're at the end of the tunnel. And they must have been digging upward. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, they don't climb 30 feet up, and I don't even know how you dig 30 feet at the end. Mm -hmm. But they get to the end, and they're going to finish digging the night that they're doing it. So they tell everybody, this is it, we're going. They start gathering, but like, uh, and as they're like giving everybody the things that they need, uh, James Coburn, for whatever reason, has this giant, like, yeah, it's going to explain like, exactly what Everybody this else is. has, like, yeah. little, like, maybe a briefcase, but small things, right? He's like, no, I'm taking this big trunk. And they're like, you can't. He's like, I will figure it out. And he does. Um, but right around this time, as the documents are coming to be done, Donald Pleasance mm-hmm. is losing his sight. Like he tries to hide this, and he, he does. does this in a very Donald Pleasant. It's so is, sad. He's really an interesting actor because he can go from being at, at like five foot five. He's a little guy. Yeah, he can go from being really sad and kind of pathetic. This is the to being really menacing, nicest I've ever seen him. Right. Usually, he's got a little bit of ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I got five inches on him, and I do not want to be in a room with him. But he was very sweet in this, and he does. He he puts a pin on the ground, uh-huh. and he counts the number of steps to the door so that he can prove that he, he's like, I can see that pin. Because and Garner doesn't know that he's totally, like, his eyesight yeah. is gone. But X comes in and is like, you can't come. I'm really sorry you've done so much for us, but you cannot come. And they're like, why? And he's looking straight ahead, like sitting on his bunk. He's like, you you can't see, you're blind. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And he gets up and he's like, if I was blind, could I see that pin on the ground? They're like, what pin? And he takes, he right. steps over, he walks the five steps, he bends down, he picks it up. And X goes, okay, well, why don't you bring it back over here and let me see it? Or, like, you know, something to go to the door, and he holds his leg up, and Pleasant just fucking walks into it. And at that point, James Garner is like, oh, no. And then he's like, you know what? He's going to go with me. I'll I'll take him. I will take him every step of the way. He's getting out. And it's just like, they love each other. (laughs) It's really... Even if they don't love each other, they love each other. What's odd about this is that we've seen this now, also in the Guns of Navarro, yeah. the relationship between David yeah. Niven and Anthony Quayle. And that was even, right. that was almost explicit. Right. 
Um, this is not. Right, and which is, again, the first time that you signed Anthony Quayle, now that I think of it, yeah. because he also saw With his round baby Arabia. face, and yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, the, this, this kind of relationship that's yeah. formed out of, and you get all kinds of male relationships. Yeah. Everyone here is paired off like, to a certain extent. Um, McQueen mm-hmm. uh, and Angus loses it because, Archie, oh, like Archie, yeah, Archie. his Angus real name is Angus, yeah. So, yeah, when he mm-hmm. when he goes down, he's right. been with him the whole time. When he goes down, he's like, no, fuck this. Right. Like, I I was going to go on my own. Now I'll bring it back and I'll go when you go. And so they, they actually keep the breakout until mm-hmm. he's out of the cooler right. again. Um, yeah, uh, I just, I really respect the fact, like, those two, the yeah. James Garner, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. There is um, Charles, uh, Bronson. Charles Bronson and John Layton who yeah. plays Willie. Yeah, who's like the other Tunnel King, the two yeah. of them. Sure, the two of them. Yeah, yeah. And and then there's like um, Gordon Jackson and X. And then also in that case, it's uh, James Donald who plays the, the the commander in charge. Yeah, who I don't think he intends to get out because he doesn't try. No. Um, and, he's he's, he's trying to remain, uh, maintain as much plausible deniability and I think all that's the way his up to the end. Is just to sort of make it look like everything there's nothing Everything's to look fine, at. Nothing here. to look at. Yeah. But um, watching the interactions between all these men, as I said, it's like you're watching different kinds of relationships. Yeah. But oh, okay. So then. Yeah. <laughs> so then they go for it, and um, they Steve McQueen is the one at the end, mm-hmm. breaking through the dirt at the end, and he pops his head up, and they are. 20 yards, 20 feet, 20 20 feet shy of the, of the The tree line. So they're in fucking open grassland Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's not great. They're not going to, they have to go now. Like there's no going back. They just have to fucking figure it out. And again, very quick thinking. He he runs out to the tree line. Yep. Gets a string. Yep. He tugs on it, that's when you make your break for it, because yeah. that's when the, the lights go around. Now, mm-hmm. at the same time, it turns out, whoop, 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 right. there's an air raid. <laughs> and when there's an air raid, they turn off all the lights right. so that nobody bombs them, which makes perfect sense. So that's good and bad, mm-hmm. because, you know, what happens is they turn off the power right when Charles Bronson is in the middle of the tower, or mm-hmm. in the middle of the tunnel, Heading to the end, and he yeah, was he already like, I don't want to do any right. freaks the fuck out, which I don't fucking blame right. him for. But they get him to the end and they get him out. Um, so they get a bunch of people out when it's dark, but then the lights come back and then they're pulling, mm-hmm. and yeah. And um, James Gardner stays with Donald Pleasance, gets him out, gets him to the tree line, um, and then they stay together as they right. escape. And, um, more and more people come out. I don't remember what causes them to stop. Like, why it's 76 and not 250. Uh, because lights come back on, and one of them makes a noise. Oh, okay. And, and the then guards immediately find out they, there's somebody out there, and they run out there with And they run out there with guns. start shooting that's right. the Just holy hell out of it. Every wildly time. into the trees. Right. That's right. And then that's... Then that's, they can't. That's it's a wrap. It. They can't do it anymore. And so... 76... People get out, mm-hmm. which is what happened in real life, and then they're sort of scattered because they can't stay together. Seventy-six dudes together is definitely going to get picked up, and um, three make it out. Mm-hmm. Seventy-three are recaptured. 
The three that make it out are um, Bronson and his buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get in on a river and just fucking row <laughs> in the sea. Just row, yeah. row, row, and then they go up to a big boat, like, outside. Is it sweet? It's a Swedish <laughs> ship. Right. And they climb up, just climb aboard, and then they are out. And the other person who makes it out is James Coburn, who is trying to get to Spain. And he, By, like, amazing luck. Is too. he in France? They're French. They're at a, he's at a French cafe. Right. The people who are speaking speak French. So I think he might have gone to France. He's trying to get to Spain because France is occupied mm-hmm. still, or at this time. And yeah, he's sitting at a cafe, and there's a like a table of Nazis, like ne- uh-huh. like right next to him. Not right next to him, but like those are the only two There's tables. It's it's this table of four Nazis mm-hmm. and him sitting in this outdoor cafe, and the two men behind the like counter of this outdoor cafe are like. Hey, there's a phone call for you. And he's like, what? Okay. And he gets up. He's like, nobody knows who I am, but I'm going to listen to these men. Right. Um, and he goes over and he, he picks up the phone and is like, hello. And at that point, they, the two behind the bar grab him and pull him down. And a car comes down by and just mows the Nazis down. Um, and then he's like, oh, you're part of the resistance. <laughs> I need to get to Spain. And they get him to Spain. Right. And that those are the three that get it. There is a cool-ass motorcycle right. chase that Steve McQueen required as part... This is probably not a real thing. I'm going to say it's not a real thing. But Steve McQueen, it was part of him signing up to do this right. movie. I want to do this fucking cool-ass motorcycle chase. And it is a cool-ass motorcycle chase. He, he, um, he puts some wire across the road and... Right and kneecaps a Nazi on a motorcycle and takes his bike. We're and all is, kneecapping Nazis. Yes. I'm on board. Um, and he is on the, on, like, he's on the way, but he's seen mm-hmm. it from multiple directions. And he drives, rides up this big hill and, and he ends up, and there's sort of two fences back right. to back covered in ra- with ra- razor wire on the top. And he, and it's on the top of a hill, so he rides up and he rides mm-hmm. down, then he rides back up and he jumps the first one. Right. And then the two trucks are basically on him, and he can't jump the second because there's no, there's not enough runway, basically. Yeah. And he gets all, he, he ends up all tangled right. up Here's in the, the razor wire. Well, it's, which, the it's, it's barbed wire. It's just barbed wire. Just so barbed wire. What happens is that. <laughs> it's still real bad. Everyone involved in the film remembers that scene. He's like, no, it's. There's so much of this around these hillsides. The, the Swiss border. Yeah. And oh, that's right. He was at the, He was so close. Right. He says, uh, the one of the actors, David McCallum, you know, yeah. who was very famous for The Man from Uncle, I think now he's in the NCIS. Uh, he talked about, oh, during our lunch breaks, we'd all go out and help the prop makers, and they had this long strand of rubber wire, and they had these littler strands of rubber wire, and you basically pip off the smaller strands. And you tie knots around, right, to make it look to make like, it look like, but it's all barbed wire, very soft but it's soft, right? Because he is <laughs> yes. in it, <laughs> and he really threw himself into it, and he looks like he's in such pain. Yeah, tangled up. But it. also, like he's standing up with like this smirk on his face, like, uh, "You got me, please right. don't shoot me," because there are like nine Nazis with guns right. pointed at him, and he's and like, he's "Well, them on this wild chase, mm-hmm. yeah." But also, you know they were like, that is cool. Because <laughs> the like 
likelihood is these were just drafted people. Right. Like they're just dudes. And now you know why he's on our list three three times. Three times because he did stuff like this. Yeah. Um, X gets caught. Like a bunch of them end up sort of conglomerating at a mm-hmm. railway station, like, and they're looking and they're like, oh, so-and-so's over really? there, and so-and-so's over there, what do we do? And he's like, we wait for the fucking train, because now if we don't, we're going to look fucking suspicious as hell. They get on the train, they're okay, their papers are passed, really? they're they're speaking French as little French as possible. Um, X can speak German as well, really? so they're getting by that way. They end up trying to get on the... Well, we should mention at this point... Um, they split off because Garner and Pleasance are also on that same train. That's right. And so they take off, and they literally jump off the train. Yeah, they jump off the train because uh-huh. um, I don't think they're, like, I don't know if they lost their papers or what it was, but they were like, we can't. But they also can't, the train's full of Nazis, and they can't speak German. There right? is that, yeah, right. That's true, yeah. So, so they go to the end of the train, and fucking Donald Pleasant trusts James Garner right. enough to jump. Again, it's, it's and really probably, I know it is. He's like, I'm, I'm going to count to three, or count to three, and then we'll, you know, jump. And he's like, uh, I'd rather you just give me a firm push. Right. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm blind. I don't right. think I'm going to jump. I think you need to push me. And um, they jump off, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they... And he even says afterwards, well, that was exciting. Like... <laughs> yeah, he picks himself, dusts himself off. They they travel um, to a airfield, mm-hmm. and Gardner is a pilot. Right. And they get in to a plane. A train thing, right? Yeah. So it doesn't uh, have any ar- hardware to and I'm that. Pr- it's, that shit is made out of wood, right. as we see later. Yeah. Which... Once again, oh, planes are magic. Well, I mean, that's what the White Wright brothers did. I don't understand yeah. how planes work, and I don't care how many times somebody explains it to me. That shit is magic. Right. <laughs> so they take off, and they're like, we're going to head over the Alps, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be home free. Nope. <laughs> the, There's some wonderful travelogue scenes. They the, are, um, and he's like describing it, right. and it's very sweet, <laughs> and then... It's as almost as romantic as the Plane riding out of Africa with Robert Redford and Carol Street. Then the engine just turns off, right. and Pleasance is like, is it, is it the petrol? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, but we are losing altitude, and um, they do crash. And In a really weird way, right between two trees, takes the wings, takes right the wings off, the plane, off which so is it's... how I know they were made out of wood, because right. they were all splintery. And they are seen like yeah. there's a plane crash, and so they are found by German soldiers. And Donald Pleasance is shot. Yes, he's shot and because it's... James Garner is telling him just get up and run because Garner has a limp now. Yeah, he's hurt. Um, he's like he's bleeding all over his face, and he gets Pleasance out of the the, the airplane. And rescues airplane. him from the yeah. airplane because it's, it's like burning and right, shit. And yeah, this this is. Germany covered in rolling hills. It's beautiful. So the thing is, yeah, they were going to shoot this in, I think, upstate New York, and they could not find a forest that was working, and so the, the production designer forest in upstate took, like, New York. three trees, or six trees, I think he says, the pine trees. He's like, yeah, that, that could be our, our forest. And they were like, like, no. No, no absolutely not. not. So they wound up clearing a section of the forest, uh, behind the actual Bavarian film tree they were using. And the problem is it was an actual forest, and so the director promised, okay, for every tree we cut down, 
We'll replace it with two or possibly three. I that's what you do. Yeah, that's, and a lot of um, productions and mm-hmm. companies do that now, right. where if we have to clear land for anything, we replace the trees times a multiple. Right. Sometimes it's five, sometimes it's ten. Yeah. Um, but it's never but just one for was, one. This was an uncommon practice, and that was probably one of the first times. Maybe, yeah, this. yeah. And that's definitely right. standard procedure now across um, but yeah they wound up filming actually in Bavaria because they just were not finding locations that even there because it's and it's it is beautiful right. the land is beautiful but out yeah. looking at the, the Alps problem with these rolling hills though is that you have no idea what's behind what's the behind side it of the hill. yeah so when Donald Pleasance creeps up to the top of the hill he's just standing around while there are Nazis on the road next mm-hmm. to him and they just shoot him dead yeah without any provocation or anything yeah like, and then and then James Gardner holds him and he dies and it's so sad. <laughs> um, but then he's captured and right. and taken taken back. David McCallum's character Ashley ha- Pitt. Yeah, who was in the plan mm-hmm. dispersal, that's what he was called. He he's was the, the one who got, right. figured out how to get rid of the I was thinking he was one of the like distractors mm-hmm. because at this point he distracts to yeah. keep X from getting found out. And they, he is killed. Killed on the train tracks. On the train tracks. Oh, yeah, on the yeah on the. Was it the tracks or the platform? It I, doesn't he matter. He runs off the platform. And oh, okay. He's, he's on the tracks, and he, yeah, because I, I saw that thinking. Okay, that's actually Dave McCallum, and he took a pretty hard spill. Yeah. But yeah. I think though that there was also a lot of. How can I put this nicely? There's a lot of testosterone around this movie, so people are like, "Well, McQueen can ride the motorcycle, and yeah. Bronson can do this, and yeah. Coburn can do that. I think I can do." Yeah. Right. Yeah, so he's killed. X is with... I don't remember who he's with. He's with uh, Gordon Jackson's character, uh, uh, Lieutenant Alexander McDonald. McDonald's. Okay, so they're singing together. Not They're speaking French only. Mm. They have French documents. At one point, X does have to speak German to sort mm. of throw people off the scent or whatever. But they're kind of on to him. They're getting on a bus. Right. And they say, you know, whatever they say to them in German and they're nodding and whatever and then as they're stepping up onto the onto the bus, the one of the the Nazis who's checking papers right. goes, uh, good luck or whatever mm-hmm. and the and he fucking turns around and goes, Thanks yeah, This is <laughs> I'm just like earlier oh, no. earlier as, you know, intelligence, that's what he was called, because he spoke several languages and he was very yeah. sharp. Earlier in the film, he is really berating one of the guys he's drilling on. Don't give yourself away. Don't act English. Just pretend to be a German. You're in a German app. You know, you're, yeah, you're right. wearing something approximating German street clothing. Right. Or even as a German soldier because they stole some uniforms and they. Yeah, they did. Yeah. German, uh, German outfits uh, out of them or rather officers' outfits. And he does the exact same thing that. That he told them not to yeah. do and then they're captured. Mm-hmm. Um. So, everybody's rounded up. We basically right. see everybody either rounded up or killed. And then, on the way back, there are, like, a bunch of them are in a truck. It's not 50 of them, because mm-hmm. some are killed sort of along the way we've seen. Yeah. But a bunch of them, not and not even all of them that we've seen captured, Gardner's mm-hmm. not here, right. McQueen's not here, are in the back of a truck, and they're headed back, and they're, ta- they're chatting, they're like, we're just going to go back to the camp and right. try again, I guess. They pull this truck over, and the they come around. The drivers come around the back, and they're like, "Well, it's going to be another few hours. Get out, stretch your legs, whatever." And I was like, "Oh no, yeah. they're gonna die!" And they had like the fact that they didn't know this was wild to me. 
And uh, so they're out there. They get out of the truck and they're stretching. And we are seeing mm-hmm. one of these fucking Nazis putting together a big, it looked like a 50 cal. It was a big gun. Yeah. And he had to assemble it. And I'm like, why didn't you take some of these motherfuckers with you? Right. If, I, I, if there are 20 of us that just got off the truck and there are nine dudes, man, there probably wasn't even that many. Say seven dudes mm-hmm. with guns and that one is busy putting that one together. Oh, you better believe I'm gonna rush at least one of these motherfuckers. Oh, even, if, even if there's, yeah, if they're putting together a gun and there's twenty of them, and it's just you, you, he, he would, you'd want to go out fighting. Yeah. You don't want. I'm, I, I yeah. don't try. You don't give a fuck if I stretch. You are Nazis. You do not care right. if I stretch my fucking legs. What do you? See, and then they just mow them all. You don't see right. it, thank God. You see it from behind. Yeah. So you see the the, the man who's shooting, mm-hmm. and they're sort of, once again, over one of these hills. So you don't see them killed. Yeah. But you're just like... You don't uh, want to see these guys get it that No, way. you don't. And you've already seen... Like, you saw Donald Pleasant get shot in the chest, or in the back, whatever. Right. And it's just like, I can't anymore. I can't take it anymore. Then we see the last scene at the... Um, of this prison camp. Oh, and it turns out that Hitler directly ordered that these right. were all killed. Now, keep in mind, these are officers of the British Royal Air Force mm-hmm. uh, who are prisoners of war. And you know what you can't fucking do? Right. Summarily murder a bunch this of them. Kind of, that was interesting. The, the names of these officers are commemorated on a plaque. Wow. And the... After the war was over... Mm-hmm. Um, there was a group of British agents who assigned themselves to hunt for these guys day and night. The, 20 years to find the Germans. The Germans who did them. them. And they found and imprisoned every last one. And in prison? Yes. Look at that being the bigger <laughs> fucking man. But yeah, 20 years of hunting these guys That's, down. Was there a movie about that? I think there might have been. I or think a there was TV like a, show? A, a film about hunting down the Nazis who actually killed these people. There but, was, yeah. I think there was a TV show about hunting down Nazis, yeah. and it was a specific group of Nazis, and I wonder if that was it. It could have been it. Um, yeah, that's interesting, because, yeah, there was just a small handful right. of people, and they just broke every fucking law of... <clears throat> I yeah. mean, they're they're Nazis. Are we surprised? Right. We fucking are. But, like, it was... It fucking sucked. And then we see... Von Luger, the head of the mm. commandant of this camp, tells uh, Ramsey, which one is that? It's uh, James Donald, Captain Ramsey. Captain Ramsey, that's right. The mm. most senior. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so he says, you know, we found mo- most of them, and they're, and he's like, oh, okay, well, when are they going to be back? And he's like, um, so a lot of them are going to make it back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how many? And he just like shamefacedly is like fifty. Right. This is again, and I get his job was to keep them right. there and alive. I think, and he did not. Again, it's we're we're seeing the sort of division that happened even in the German ranks, where it's like I'm not up for this. This is slaughter. We killed these people, yeah. and this is not this isn't gallant. This isn't what we do. That's what they do. That's what the yeah. the Nazis are about. They're about slaughtering people who are defenseless. Yep. And Garner asks Ramsey if the escape was worth it, and mm-hmm. I don't think we get an answer. Right. Um, and then Von Luger is taken off, is like he's relieved of duty because there's no fucking way right. that he even makes the joke. I'm going to see the front before you do. Yeah, because yeah, that was the thing. Is is Garner X, had said it earlier? Yeah, oh yeah, 
It's like they're going to send me, if they find out that I lost That's my papers, right. they send me to the front. Um, and I think he had told, yeah. was it was it Ramsey or was it um, was it X that he, that wanted think, to go to the front and he yeah. was like, we're just going to chill here. Right. I think it was right at the beginning. And then, and we're not going to have to see the front. We're just going to yeah. kick it here until the end of the war. Like, cool your fucking jets. Right. Let's just hang out for a few this. years or whatever. And uh, he's like, I no, I want to go to the front. I want to fight. And he's like, no, I don't. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm going to be obviously right. the front before you do. The uh, commandant, the command, yeah, he wasn't. I don't know if that was his actual title. No, that's the, the title. Oh, he's, he's a, let's see. He's a colonel, Luftwaffe colonel. Yeah. But, but I mean, he's referred to as a commandant. Uh, he was. I, that, yeah. that felt like the person in right. charge's thing, but I don't. Yeah. And uh, in a way, you feel sort of sorry for him because he doesn't want to do this. No. He doesn't want to work for these people. No. Nope. He doesn't want to be a part of this. It this feels like what, not what he signed on for. Um, generals must have felt like under mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Right. Where they were like, I'm working for this guy now. I don't want to work for this guy. I didn't sign up to work for this guy. I never thought that I would have to work for somebody like this guy. Mm -hmm. And here the fuck I am with an oath (laughs) that I can't break. That I'm just here. And yeah, it's that's the hazards of military service, I guess. Yeah. So that's, and then that's the end. And everybody dies. Oh, the the final scene is fucking, (laughs) they put, did, has he done something else, or did no, he, he it's just, just like hey, we got your room ready or something? Yeah, you know? and he's got his baseball back. I don't know yeah, how it happened. Friend, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, uh, Lieutenant Goff throws oh, in his baseball, shows his baseball and his mitt, and his mitt. And so he just sits there and he's back. And he's there. back in the fucking right. um, yeah, in solitary, which is a big space. Mm-hmm. But I don't see a toilet, so that's fun. Um, yeah, and back just back in there, and then the last thing you hear is right. the ball <laughs> going going again, and then that's the end. And uh, it didn't it didn't work out. Seventy six out, fifty dead, twenty six no twenty three returned, uh-huh. three escaped. Uh-huh. Woof, wild. Uh, and yeah, none of the Americans made it out. I don't remember who the third American was. It doesn't matter. But yeah, that's a bad escape. So what'd you think? I would have liked it better if they escaped. <laughs> it was really good. I liked it a lot. I do feel like that last 45 minutes was... I was like, wait a minute. They're out and we've got a lot of this movie mm-hmm. left. I did not... I don't... I've never seen a heist or breakout movie where then we find out... Nope. <laughs> the after credit scene wherein everyone gets arrested or yeah. murdered. Like, what? Um, and that's rough. That was really rough. I was just like, I love these guys now, and they're right. just gonna be destroyed, and I have to watch it. And it's mean. John Sturgis, that's mean. Although, The Magnificent Seven did the, the same thing. Exactly. I was just gonna say, we saw the same thing in The Magnificent right. Seven, where it was like, well, we had a good run. <laughs> like, it, uh, he, yes, he always, yes, the two things that he explores in his film are male relationships and the destruction thereof. <laughs> like, it's, that's right. rough. Uh, but it was, I really liked it. I would probably watch it again. It's long. Mm-hmm. But, like, Sunday, this is a Sunday afternoon with a dad movie. Yeah, that's exactly the way I remember it. Right. I mean, 
I didn't have that experience. I had some experiences very rarely with my dad on with Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon movies when they put a movie on at four o'clock on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and it would be something like this. It'd be a war movie or a Western, typically. Um, I don't think I ever saw this movie before. Because, like I said, I thought it was a prison break. Like a like a penitentiary mm-hmm. <laughs> break. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is different. Nazis. Not, yes, Nazis. Which, I mean, I don't really want to watch any more movies with Nazis in them. Because... I'm reading news stories with Nazis yeah, in them, and so you it's... think they go away, but they don't. No, and they're coming back and forth. They're coming back in Germany, too. It's like yeah. a problem right now in Germany. Just, and on Front Street about yeah. it. So, it's where... As the global majority becomes more of the majority, and we start hearing, that, or the white people start hearing that they are... Oops, in the minority, just like they always have been. We've got last dying gas from desperate people who don't understand what actual culture is. Yay! I sometimes really hate being a white person. <laughs> like, shouldn't. I just want to use my whiteness for good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I, that's what I would like to do. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah. This is interesting that we've seen. Uh, so many Steve McQueen movies. For sure, yeah. And we saw, I thought we had watched The Thomas Crown Affair for this. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We yeah. just watched The Thomas Crown Affair because I like a heist film uh, we've recently. Seen, now, this is going to be a couple of uh, John Sturgis's movies. Yeah. And they have a very distinctive kind of rhythm to it. There's a few others I really like. Yeah. Um, Bad Day at Black Rock being one of them. Yeah. Uh, the, the I don't... Have I seen... I feel like you've made me watch that movie, but I don't have any recollection yeah. of that movie, so maybe I need to watch that the movie. The Satan Bug is another one. Because you bring up Bad Day right. at Black Rock it's a really good movie. literally once a week. And that's <laughs> another film where it just has this amazing cast. Is that like, like your favorite? No, Devil To the Devil and Daughter is your favorite movie, or is it Gojira? <laughs> yeah, it's in my top okay. ten, at least. Which are all um, equally, they're all one. There's okay. just ten number ones in no particular order. Yeah, these are the ten. You did a movie called The Satan Bug, which is about germ warfare. Yeah. Somebody's stealing germ warfare. Oh, and interesting. The, the wild chase to find. In the 60s? In the, let's see, what was that? 1965. Wow. Yeah, 1965. And then you did I Station Zebra. Oh, yeah. Which is Patrick McGowan and, and Rock Hudson. And Who's Patrick, your favorite? Patrick McGowan just does a wild turn to this movie. But, um, but yeah, he was a really good director, and it's a pity that we don't see this kind of male relationship. Yes, movies are far too much about men, but the dynamic between men in films is often... At least he's not... It's, like, I, I almost prefer... Just make movies with only men in them mm-hmm. and just own that rather than being like, no, I've got two ladies in it well, who are not apparently full and realized the producers people. are going like, well, there's all these men in this movie. Can we have a love interest? And he's like, how? They're in a prison camp. He goes, well, we can have them. The suggestions were have them have flashbacks to their life. And he's like, have you seen how long this movie is? We don't have time for flashbacks. And then it was, okay, we can have a... Uh, a Miss Concentration or a Miss uh, Prison Camp mm-hmm. contest where they bring in women 
Sweet Jesus, and no. It's, it's very much like... Just don't, just don't do wound that. Up like the scene in um, The Dirty Dozen where they bring in a group of prostitutes. If you remember that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I absolutely kind of remember that scene, yeah. Not comfortable to watch now. It's the, the that kind of... Um, yeah, that, is, that seems not age very well. But that's what they were going to ask him to do. And he just refused. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't fit here. It doesn't make sense in mm-hmm. this story. Right. Um, and yeah, and only having prostit- or sex workers mm-hmm. as the only females in your movie... Right, that's, that's not a, No. Like, don't do that. Um, so, yes. It's... It was good, though. It's a really good movie. And it was thrilling. Right. It genuinely was. And then it was a super bummer. It was <laughs> like, it ramped up, and then it went right back down. And then I was like, I'm sad. I didn't expect to be sad at the end you of this movie. You didn't expect to, like, sniff when Donald Pleasance of all people dies. It's like, wait, that guy? He was so sweet and oh, just wanted to draw birds. That's all he wanted. He used to call him Mr. Mole, like he was the character from Wind of the Willows. Because he can't see and he's wandering under the daylight. I mean, oh, kind of. Poor man. So what's, uh, what's our next? Uh, what's next? What's next is a movie, we've gone from a movie about, like, healthy male relationships to a film about really messed up male-female dynamics. Y'all, next is Vertigo. I'm gonna, here's the curtain, I'm pulling it back, just Uh pulling it back. Until yesterday, I'd never seen Vertigo. Right. We've now watched it. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely... See this movie. See it before we spoil everything for you. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know mm-hmm. what the movie was going to be, and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, on a number of levels, although I called a twist. Uh-huh. Jimmy Stewart, go. <laughs> James Stewart. Who apparently is a really decent guy in real life. I feel like I've seen Harvey, and I know that. Right. But, woof. <laughs> so, we'll talk about Vertigo next week. It, watch it. It's very good. It's, I mean, we're in the top 20 now. Right. And it's like five Hitchcocks. Right. <laughs> so, this is the first of the top 20. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not higher. I think I've seen all the other ones that we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was I. It, ooh, I was uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable. And that's, that's the reason uh, <laughs> I I did some more work on that one too. And it's like, yes, it was. It made back its money, but it was not the huge success they were gotcha. expecting. I know why. It, it's, I have a it's small a guess. Very weirdly uncomfortable film. And I feel like I'd see Psycho multiple times, mm-hmm. which is wild. Right. Um, We'll get into. I'm gonna. Right. Say, I'm. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. I will say it next time. Okay. Um. So yeah. So Vertigo is next. Uh. And I have a. I also have like a weird. It's not Vertigo, but it's kind of like Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm amongst skyscrapers, I cannot look up at the top of right. them. I get dizzy and I will fall over. Um. It's not a looking down thing. Although I get a little like I'm gonna. I feel no matter how sturdy i feel like i'm standing when i look down a distance i feel like i'm gonna tip but it's not a dizziness but when i look up mm, 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 don't like it and i get 
uh, I feel weird if I so I don't I try not to do it. Um, before Vertigo, or other than Vertigo, do you have anything that you would like to recommend? <laughs> I have to give a very, uh, very guarded if recommendation. You have to like horror to right. like this movie. It's yes. a horror movie. Talk to me. Yes, it uh, is a movie that is currently in theaters. It is an Australian and, horror movie. Right. I went in not knowing fuck all about it, except I'd seen the poster. So what did you think of it? I thought the acting was excellent. Uh, I thought the story was super interesting. If a movie adhering to its logic from beginning to end is important to you, the last mm. five minutes is a problem. That said, the lead actress in it is phenomenal. Yeah. I expect to see a lot more of her, and just watching her is compelling enough to get you through. It, it's, a, it's like Florence Pugh in Midsummer, mm -hmm. where you're like, I'm so disoriented, but she is such a focal right. point that just draws you to her. And makes everything else like, okay, well, like it's fine. I have her to like sort mm -hmm. of center myself with. Um, and I feel like this, uh, this actress is very similar to that. Um, it's a really interesting story. I've never seen anything it's, quite like it, it. It is along the lines of your, if, I'm trying because I don't want to spoil anything. No. Maybe it just takes its own weird ass yes. directions. Which um, is one of the reasons I like watching, like some of my favorite experiences watching horror movies or mm. watching foreign horror right, movies. This is Australian. Horror movies made it not yeah, made in other uh, places because they tend to have mythoses and legends and fears yeah. that are not commonplace to us. Right. So it's surprising in a way that like jump scares in American film right, isn't. Yes. Um and so for you. that I thought it was really interesting. Yes, that's probably why Japanese horror so... <sighs> They're so it's, scared of it's just ladies with hair. Oh my god, I and know, so am I. I, just, I, I remember having, having been once. And just how brutal right. Koreans... Oh god, yes. Uh, uh, Korean stuff is. Having at one point you know, been married to a Japanese woman, just that whole idea of like, oh my god, that room is messy. It must be haunted. It must be haunted. Like, with her about that. It's like, oh, this room is haunted. You have One of the haunted. things that I love most about Cabin in the Woods, which is a movie that I love and would recommend to anybody, I know yeah. you have a problem with the ending, right. but most of that movie is so fun and good and the people in it are great. But the thing about the Japanese school children just overcoming a demon is hilarious yes, to me. It's so good. Like, just that little piece. Like, mm -hmm. it's a very small piece, but it is, like... Chef's kids is so good. Yeah, uh, so yes, uh, Talk to Me actually is really, but it's very intense. It's it is very intense. Really I, there weird. was a, there's a, yes. there's a, a particularly intense scene about two thirds of the way through the movie. Mm -hmm. Might be halfway. Right. I feel like it's about two thirds though, that I could not watch. Like yes, I, I was... had my one hand over my mouth. Maybe both hands over my mouth, and my eyes were closed. I, I was, was like, I can't. This. I don't even want to hear this, but I definitely Doing can't look with, at it. Uh, one of my coworkers who also recommended this movie to me, and he's like, "Well, what did you think about that scene?" And I said, "Oh, it's like there's a triptych. There's our roommate on the one side turning away. There's you on the other side covering your mouth and you're shutting your eyes. There's me kind of like with my head like." It's I'm like, going, it starts, and it's that? really hard to watch, right. and I'm, like, staying with it, and then they shift to it being more and more extreme version of right. what I was just, like, barely able to watch, and I was just like, nope. Yeah. 
And it, it's very, it felt very similar to how I felt in a certain scene in Hereditary mm. <laughs> of the reason I cannot watch that movie again. And I'm sitting in the theater right after it happened, just looking at Alex Wolf's face and out loud just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm like that woman in Get Out. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like for like a minute, and it was involuntary. It was just I just was like filled with like that movie is amazing, but also like I don't think I can rewatch it. Like it's in my bones, and I'm just like that's fine. (laughs) Like I'm all set over here. So, is there something you would recommend? Uh, I would recommend uh, talk to me. Um, It's good. It's fun. Uh, that's it, I think. Next week, Vertigo. Y'all, it is not what you think it is. I mean, unless you've seen it, and then it's absolutely what you think it is, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Watching it again after not having seen it for years, I was still just taken aback by how really, how this movie goes there. It goes there. And you're, yeah, I was amazed. Yeah. Um, so... If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at likecommercepod at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. Look for us, Likecommercepod, cast, podcast. Uh, but uh, we're not, just pretend we're not on Twitter, because for all intents and purposes, we're not on Twitter, or X, or whatever it is. If it's still around when this episode drops, I'm going to be a little bit surprised, because mm-hmm. it is imploding at the moment. And so... I would like to remind you and implore you, because the world is insane right now, take your medicines. Yes. Take care of yourself. Be, be safe. Be safe. Don't take risks. <laughs> and we'd like to remind you, better, better late than, than never. never.